Hello, this is the Lunar Poetry Podcast. I'm David Turner. Today I'm in Pitsy in Essex and I'm going to be chatting to the original punk poet, Gary Johnson. Hello, Gary. Hello, David. How are you doing? Fine, thanks. Fine. Um, I think we're going to start with a reading and just because it's the first of the poems in Gary's new book, The Cockney Bar, we'll start with Young Conservatives. Oh, I'd love to, yeah. Okay, Young Conservatives. Silver spoon and bottle fed, the Daily Mail is always read. By Young Conservatives born to win another world you're living in. Just like your parents and theirs before, you and your children won't go to war. The front line ain't the place for you, you still believe your blood is blue. The British Empire's sons and daughters, who flirt with UKIP's rich supporters, share nightmares about Tony Blair, the Corbynistas on News at 10, who want a world where men are men, money talks and women listen, a missionary is their favourite position. You're born to rule, or so you say, Church of England all the way. The book that features Adam and Eve, these are the things that you believe. Young conservatives dressed to thrill, in army clothes they shoot to kill. Love and respect for king and queen, national service at 17. Mary Whitehouse morals too, a Barbara Cartland novel view. These are the things that you support. The working class they must be taught, how lucky they are to be free, to live in your democracy. With no free press or radio, thousands homeless and millions on the dole. Just like the days before the war, the Tory party still stands for. Mass unemployment and poverty are them and us society. With no tower block kids to tell the truth, only the voice of Tory youth. The House of Lords, the den of vice. Vermin in ermine ain't very nice. The wealth, the power, the land they hold. The red, the white, the Tory blue. The young and service. I hate you. You're fucking here. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Gary. Thank you. Well, I enjoyed that. Yeah, it's, good. <laughs> it's a good opener. Um, yeah, let's talk about how you got started. Right. Poetry, okay. perhaps. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, wanted to be a punk rock singer. Formed a punk band. We were brilliant in the bedroom. All right in the garage and whatever. Done our first gig. And to be honest, we were terrible. Yeah. I couldn't seem to save my life because I was taking so much speed yeah. and all that. And I was nice and wasted, looked like Johnny Rotten meets Ziggy Star. <laughs> I thought I looked the part, I could blag it. Yeah. Once I got on stage, my voice just didn't, just didn't cut it. But luckily, our first gig, although it turned out to be our last gig, it was a life changer. In the bar afterwards, you know when you speed, you're cocky and whatever. Went up to the guy who was reviewing us, and it was the, you can remember who it was. Have I told you it was before? No. Gary Bushell, the legendary punk writer oh, okay. yeah, on yeah, Sounds, yeah, yeah. went up to him, right, get all good, weren't we? And he went, no. You know how blunt he is, don't <laughs> yeah, you? Yeah. He went, to be honest, you was dot, dot, dot. All yeah, yeah. oh, right, thanks, great. Like, because you're speed, you still feel cocky and confident. Yeah. I weren't going to take, oh, yeah, see, you must like something. We looked good, didn't you? He went, no. Went, oh, right, so you're fishing for something you can <laughs> yes, grab hold yeah. of. I said, uh, we didn't, he well. said, tell people, I said, I like the songs, I like the lyrics, don't like the music, but I like the lyrics. Who likes the lyrics? I thought, oh, that's my chance. So, but I do. Yes. Yeah. All the words are mine. And uh, he said to me, do yourself a favour, give up the singing, because you can't sing, start writing. I went, oh, right, it never crossed my mind yes. to do that. So I went, oh, right, I'll start writing. But I thought, what, what do I do then then? So I thought, what do you mean start writing? Oh, become a music pundit first, critic, do your poetry and mix the two together. Be a poet and a writer, do his best of both worlds. So a week later, I turned up at Sounds Office in Covent Garden and blagged the job. Hmm. Talked my way in. So that was it, really. Pure luck. Yeah. Pure luck. But, um, so from taking that step then to sort of calling yourself, how, how difficult or easy was it for a lad from Hackney to talk, start talking about poetry and wanting to be a poet? 
it was never spoken about. Yeah. It, 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 it never said it over crossed my mind that I could do. Could we just, when, when about what year was this, would you say? 80, so 81. 81, yeah. 81, that's it, yes, yes. So I'd, I'd seen all the punk stuff, and that's mm. what got me inspired to want to form a band and all yeah. that business. And I just thought, everyone kept saying in all the paper, anyone can form a band, anyone can sing. Yes, anyone can form a band, <laughs> but not anyone else, not everyone can sing. You're not yeah. that blessed like, yeah, yeah. you know. So I'd always been writing. The only thing I ever liked at school was English. Yeah. Football, English and having a laugh. And that was it, yeah. basically. I ruined my education. Was, I mean, I hate Tony Blair with passion. Can't stand it. But the only thing he ever said that was good was education, education, education. Yeah. I wish someone had said that to me when I was 12, 13. But I mean, I took no notes at school, didn't do anything, weren't interested in whatever. But I always liked writing. And whenever I bought albums, I used to buy, like, when I first got hold of the Ziggy Stardust album, the Aladdin Sane album, the Diamond Dogs album, the lyric sheet. Yeah. I used to love all the words. And I used to love all the words of the Sex Pistols, Joe Strummer, Paul Weller, the Paul Weller album, Setting Suns, mm. absolute classic. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's lyrics that was always in the back of my mind, but didn't know it, that I wanted, I didn't know that I could be or wanted to be a poet. I just had this fascination with lyrics. There's always lyrics. Since then, I've gone back and looked at Bob Dylan, Lou Reed, any great lyricists, I've loved them. So as I said, I couldn't sing, so I became a poet. And then there was other people who were standing up on stage doing poetry, some to backing tapes. I mean, I was a big fan of Lee and Crazy Johnson. Oh, yeah, yeah. John Cooper Clark, mm. Beasley Street and all that business. Yes. It was great. So I'll give this a go. Wasn't planned. And I just got into it that way. I wrote a book called Boys of the Empire and I took it to the Compendium uh, bookshop yeah. in Hackney. Just a, just about 50 scraps of paper with various notes put on them and all this business. And the guy liked it and he recommended me to this guy in Manchester, John Muir, run, runs Babylon Books. Okay. Yeah. And he, he went on to put out books by Morrissey so he's well known in uh, yeah. Manchester, job you was. I sent him this ragtag 50 odd bits of paper. He got straight, I loved them, loved them, put them in a book. So Boys of the Empire was my first book. Got great, great write-ups in Time Out, New Muscle Express, The Guardian and all that. And I thought, but at the time, I was, thought you wasn't, uh, well, what I suppose you was basically uneducated, biased. I thought, why are all these posh people like you? It's got to be a catch. Mm. So I never went through it. I, I mean, now, to have the enemy, Time Out, the Guardian like you. But I always used to associate them with all posh people. Yeah. These ain't my sort of people. Why are they like me? So I, it, it didn't relate to me that this was good. Yeah. Do you understand what do you, I mean? Do you still see your poetry more like lyrics? That's how I write. Yeah, yes, you still yes. write them like, And yes. do, you think that's, do you think that comes from feeling like you didn't have a like a door into or way into poetry? Exactly. Background yes. Stuff. So yeah. it was well, easier to think like, in terms of music. And, yes. Well, my open, that was like Paul Weller. Yeah. Reading Joe Strummer's lyrics, Paul Weller's lyrics, yeah. Billy Bragg, that sort of got me into it. And Elvis Costello, you know, even like Squeeze, Squeeze wrote some great songs up the junction and all yeah. that too. So I always write my poems as lyrics, but I don't write choruses, yeah, yeah. but just lyrics. Yes. So do you have like melodies in, in mind when you're writing? Does it go that far? Or when I'm writing, in my head, I'm writing them with a flow. Yeah. But not with a... Cause More all, like a rhythm rather than... That's it, because I've just got a CD come out, Punk Rock Stories and Tabloids yeah. Tales. I gave them to Sulo just as lyrics. Yeah. And he's put all the tunes to them, the melodies, the choruses, yeah. which I could never do in a hundred mm. years. But he's turned them into proper songs. Yeah. Like, you know, which is the best of both worlds. Like, you know, but I do, do love a lyric, whether it's reading a lyric... It's the lyric that always, you know, when say I'll get a tune in my head, yes. I don't get a lyric. Yeah. If I have a favourite song, it's the lyric that eats away at mm. me, that gets me going, yes. Um, 
Yeah, there's a lot of similarities. I, I can remember when I was younger buying albums. I always used to pour over the, the lyric sheets, but I could never remember them. Oh. I, can't, I can't remember names of songs, anything. Well, well poems, poems as well. I can't remember poems or well, even, names of poems. But. Even some of my favourite songs there by the Pistols and the Clash or yeah. the Jam. When I'm singing along to them, I put my own words yeah, yeah. in. As long as they rhyme, yeah. I put my own words in with the yeah. tune like when I'm singing along to them. Yeah. It's just a habit of my yes. But when you first started, how how easy was it to get your your poetry read or heard? What, what, what avenues were open to you? There was like the, the performing side. Yeah. There was going on before bands and doing five minutes and then technique got to ten minutes and whatever. But at the time, as I said, I didn't understand then that there was a, a way for poetry that would suit me. I didn't think I was made. I thought I'd just stumbled into it by chance. Yeah. Be a five minute wonder and that was it. But my love of it just kept on going and people seemed to like what I wrote. Mm. And, and, and in, in now, I'm more popular now. People, I didn't know so many people at the time because there wasn't Facebook yeah. and all that then. So I get, I get emails now from messages from like people in Leeds and Swansea, Glasgow. I say, oh, we loved your stuff back in the day. Well, I never knew. I never knew. I, mean, I got a fantastic email about two or three weeks ago from a girl who used to be friends with Joe Strummer. I thought, gee, really? She, she used to be in his hotel room and he would be reciting your poems from Boys oh, of the Empire. God, that's something, isn't it? I thought, no, I'm trying to that. I don't know that then. Yeah. And he said he was desperate to get in touch with you. He wanted you to open up for the clash. Yeah. And I, and I framed her email, put it on the internet to show that it's kosher. And for her to say that was just a dream. And she's a friend of Tim Wells. Yes, yeah. So it's, it's all been authenticated. It is true. Yeah, she yeah. actually did know so Joe. And actually, since you mentioned Tim Wells, we yes. should probably mention the gig you've got coming up at the yep. Roundhouse on the 9th of July. 9th of July, that's is, it, yes. Is it... It's part of the po punk and poetry discussion That's it, event. Yeah. So part of the uh, Professor Matt Wally's doing the discussion, handling the. Uh, so you're going to be on. Selena Godden's going to be on. I think. Yeah, anyway, Phil Jukers, yeah, Phil Jukers, Crazy Johnson. Loads of good names. And, on. and the thing is, what I just related to just now about being being a bit wary of like what well, I about the time I was ignorant, I thought posh people, yeah. different other planet, or whatever. If you'd have said to me twenty odd years ago, you're going to become friends with a professor, I said, "No, you're having a laugh." And you're always talking about. But I've met Professor Matt Wally. One of the top blokes, and you know, he's up for me. He's up. He's a hero of mine. Mm. He's up there with Paul Weller and Strummer. Yes, I, I mean, he's such a, he's a big fan of jam as well. But he's the he's everything. He's like a working class boy done good, super educated, and a top man. And he's mm. done me on the right in the forward for my book. Yeah, as well. Yeah. He's um, yeah, very, really interesting guy. He's, yes, um, yes. Looks like Will lot, Self. Yeah, looks like Will Self. Yes, involved with a lot of stuff that Tim and Speaking Volumes are trying to document at the moment. That's so it, yeah. this is. Um, one of a series of gigs that Tim is doing for his Stand Up and Spit project, looking back at ranting poetry and That's it, yes. punk poetry and wider thing. But how, so this will be, is this, this going to be your first gig in, or second gig in how long? Second gig inside my heart, up, yes. Yeah, so it's, um, <laughs> and I'll be going on straight, Dave, as well. <laughs> I was actually, yeah, I was waiting for you to mention that. Back in the day, I always used to, because I was such a fan of David Bowie, I was yeah. obsessed with David Bowie, still am. Mm. When you used to read all the things about him, Speed Freak and all this, he used to write his best stuff when he was on Coked Up or on Speed or whatever. I always naturally thought, I had to. Yeah. So everything back in the day, back in the days of Boys of the Empire, Labour MPs ain't working class, all the stuff I wrote back, National Service, mm. Dead in Yops, there's all written under the influence of Speed. And I didn't know where I could still write, because now I can't take anything. Yeah. T's the strongest thing I have now. But as I said, I was at a party, John King was there, he wrote Football Factory. He said, hello, blah, 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 I knew my stuff from the old days, do you still write? And I went, oh no, I don't do it anymore. And I was ashamed, I felt ashamed, well not ashamed when I told him that, but on the way home I thought, well, geez, I shouldn't have said that, maybe it looked silly, I don't write anymore, I wish I did. Mm. 
and I thought I'm going to give it a try, see if I can write natural, yeah. natural adrenaline, and touch what I, I can. Do you so, think it was a big part of also, you know, having the courage to get on into like up in front of because oh, you must have been performing to a lot of audiences we, that weren't there to see poetry. exactly, exactly. Yes, but when you're speeding, yeah. you think you're better than you are. Yeah, yeah, give yeah, you that yeah. sort of, in the world, yeah. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, yes. And uh, yeah, you got a hit on an L there. Yes, yeah, I did. Yeah. Yes, tape. Now I thought I like this, and it was like a self medication mm. as well. I used to start sort of having depressive times because yeah. my background or whatever. It was like self medication. I mean, I've never had any medication off of a doctor, or off the National Health, yeah. or anything like that. This always made me feel good, and I never became addicted, as in an addictive, yes. like an addict. But it just, it just like people it just have a, your life, doesn't it? It just, it just, I just kept on a constant. Yeah, yeah. Like people have a pint of lager. Yeah. Or a cup of coffee. I just, just like some speed. It was, it You're was definitely good. talking to the right audience. If anyone knows about self-medication, it's poets. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Actually, I wanted to come on to um, the sort of obviously opening with young young conservatives. Right. There's quite a heavy political message through most of your work. As dated. No, no, unfortunately. No. <laughs> but before we come, maybe take a, a second reading, and we can get on to talking about politics. And right. because of the referendum, I didn't want to talk. Right. I find it hard to push it past my lips at the moment. It's one of the most recent ones that I wrote, this was. We want our country back. We want our country back. It belongs to the sons and daughters of Jarrow Marchers, not to those who follow the archers. We want our country back. It belongs to the sons and daughters of the suffragettes, not girls from the shires or World War vets. We want our country back, not from Jews or inner city blacks. We want it back from blue bloods who wave union jacks. This is a green and pleasant land, but only if you went to the right school. If your ancestors weren't sent to Australia or lived on prison gruel. This is a land fit for heroes, but only if your parents call the shots. Not if your family tree is full of have-now or have-nots. We want our country back, not from immigrants but from you. The ruling class in bowler acts with cricket bats wrapped in flags of red, white and blue. We want our country back from the ruling class and the likes of you. This island belongs to the many and not the chosen few. Thank you, Gary. I really like that one, especially in light of... Um, Pretty top of the yes, has been yes, yes. recently, especially... Well, I mean, that very phrase is used by you, Kip, isn't it? We want our country back and sort of... Who's to, say it's, who's to say it's theirs? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and, and, yeah, exactly. And we were talking briefly before about nostalgia and the realities of that and yeah. what it actually means and um the good old think, days weren't the good old yeah, days exactly. do, you think we're in, do you think we're in danger of slipping back to like the bad old days in terms no. of the way poli- no you don't think you're, I, you're the, I think young people are much more smart and intelligent than they were when i was a teenager because you think about it now if cameron or any of them was to go and tell you that say we're bringing back national service we're going to go invade another country all 16 17 18 year olds turn up your local town or it'd be hard anyone turn up mm. they wouldn't get it the kids are more much more sus nowadays. They've got friends in France, Italy, Spain, but they're going to join up and fight in a war against another country for. It wouldn't be. The working class now ain't thick like there was in the 1920s when they'd make out, there was only 40, they'd make out they was 18, they'd go to war, think they was doing a great thing, but queen and country and all that rubbish. You know what I mean? Although times can get hard, obviously, but there'll never be another war because you never get the people to fight it. I don't think, do you think kids would fight nowadays? I don't. No, I think you're you're right. And you hit something on the head there about something I've been thinking about a lot and it's the demonisation of the working classes in terms of like, well, it's them that's pushing the country back. It's them that's voting for UKIP as if it's all 
the fall of working classes, I mean, which is just nonsense. It, it may be that some towns are predominantly working class yeah. and they voted heavily to leave, or you know, might be thinking about voting UKIP in local elections and stuff. But to say that it's overwhelmingly the working, the fall of the working class is nonsense. It's just them using yes. the working class again to be yeah. the thing yeah. to kick. But also, I, I agree with you. I think. The world is far too small a place now to be able to. Yeah, you can't go to the, to the youth of the country and say, right, you've got to go and. You never, never get an army. Like, imagine if they try to bring that national service; yeah. it wouldn't happen. No. You know, I mean, I'm going to let my kids go and fight for good king, queen, the establishment, the House of Lords, and yeah. all that rubbish. Bring us another referendum, yes, but this time to abolish the House of Lords and to abolish the royal family. Definitely. That's a referendum we do need and we <laughs> yeah. win. Yes, but yeah. I mean, the, the, the working class now are more educated than they were when I was 20 than when they was the old people now when they were 20. I mean, they were like cannon fodder. They thought they were proud doing their bit to go and fight for the country, leave their wives behind and go and get killed. Some. The First World War, if you have, my thing that says it all for me is this, the Black Hatter series goes forth, mm. the last ever episode, yes, when yeah, they all yeah. got out of the trenches and went and died. I think they were doing mm. I think I've read somewhere it was one person killed every minute uh, in the song yeah, yeah. that would never happen again I mean the working class wasn't <coughs> their fault but they was thick back then mm. they was easily led tugged their forelock well, it's just a lack, lack of information yeah, it wasn't their fault. Yeah, you can't you can't you couldn't rally an army together no. based on the fact no. because if, if anyone wants to find out what another country's like you know it's, it's it? just all there. when I say the working class was thick in the 20s and the 1940 and whatever I'm putting them down they didn't have the education so they re they genuinely did think they they was doing it for the yeah. for the for the Lord and the manor and the mm. king and all this rubbish, but you wouldn't get it now. You, you, you if you if you called back national service and they said one of you youngsters to report to town or there'd be nobody there. Mm. There wouldn't there wouldn't be an army to fight, like you know. But I mean, because no, you can't blame the working class for how they voted in the referendums. You don't know how everybody voted. No. You can't blame. No, them there's a lot of uh, huge assumptions being made. Exactly. Voted in which direction? Exactly. Yeah, if, yeah. If, if it's true that all the young people voted for the UKIP side, where are all these youngsters doing when they buy all their great records and they've got their own ideas? They're not going to be swayed. Why is they only swayed on June the 23rd mm. to do UKIP's dirty work? They're just blaming the young for that. I think mm. more youngsters voted against UKIP. I think figures have proved that. Yeah. It was the older people who voted. For mm. the so-called good old days that don't exist, <laughs> yeah. like chim kids up chimneys, yes, yeah, yeah. and uh, uh, mothers without husbands being put into homes, unmarried mothers' homes, and all that yeah. rubbish. So there was no glory days. There was the, the British Empire wasn't because you think about it. It was the they, the posh people went out all around the world making slaves of people from foreign lands, but also treated the working class in this country. Like slaves, all this. So you watch that rubbish like Downton Abbey, mm. where they all sort of lived down below stairs and treated like second-class citizens. So the, the posh ruling class treated the working-class poor people in this country bad, just as they treated the people all around the world bad. They've got no time for them. Um, well, I was sorry. At, no, that's why I was at a speaking volumes thing the, the other night, uh, uh, and Tim was there as well. Right. And it was a they just had this great initiative where they did uh, it was a US tour called Breaking Ground they took a group of uh, black British writers right, out to the States to sort of showcase the talent that's over here um, doesn't, that doesn't get necessarily much promotion over there and one of the writers I can't remember his surname, Gabriel now Gabriel is his first name anyway but he just meant that we were just talking about like 
nostalgia for what was before right. and what it was like as a sort of first wave immigrant in the, that he considered from like the 50s. And he just said, you know, if people want to go back to a Britain where, you know, where you had shit music, yep. terrible food and no one could dance. Is that, yes. So, that's yeah, you know, if you want to go it. back to that, then that's fair it. enough. But, you know, that's perhaps because that's a reality, isn't it? You know, exactly. It's, it's, it's my, done this country a lot of good. My best mate from school, Via. Yeah. He's going at his house, he's down there all the old star records, yeah. original stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's brilliant, like, you know. But uh, it influenced so many things, fashion, mods, all yeah. mods and scar all come together, didn't it? Actually, well, since we're talking about it, maybe we should take national service as a reading. Oh, of course, yes. Right? One of my favourites. Yes. <laughs> national service. Born in a city of tower blocks, Alcatraz without the rocks, sent to overcrowded schools, beaten up if you broke the rules, and our mothers sit and cry because they know we're going to die. We beat the boredom with slimming pills, go to the seaside in stolen wheels, bunk off school every other day. If we get caught, they make us pay. So we watch out for the boys in blue. You never know who's watching you. Soldiers wearing pinstripe suits want us to wear marching boots. Army life, they say, is fun. Clear the streets of all the young. We want you to go to war and kill another country's poor. We are the class who fight their wars, sometimes steal from department stores. You know the kids at their kind eights, because we live on council estates. So they've invented a new state game. Playing soldiers is the name. Cheers. Um, do you think that poetry's got a decent part to play in sort of proving that there isn't as much of divide as maybe there was when you were... What am I trying to say? Because like, I, I just feel like if you read your poetry, mm -hmm. and I'm just trying to think of a decent example now. Well, we were talking about Emily Harrison before, weren't we? Yeah, yeah. You know, she, she's... Well, she's probably only 24 or something. You know, she, it's a generation yeah. where, you know, you expected to go, almost expect to go to university, part of that education, education, right. education, 8% going. You know, there's quite a similar message between the both of you, isn't there? Mm. I think about the way you talk about society and... Um, We're both sussed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She, 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 she's very sussed and I like to think I am, but she is, is yeah. I, I, I've never... Uh, what's the word? Never would follow sheep and be manipulated mm. and whatever. I've just got a natural born rebel. I'm half Irish. Yeah. So I've got that natural born rebel streak. And I've always been anti authority. It's not a newfound thing. I've been no, anti authority no. since I was 12. I've, always, I've never liked authority. And it's, it's like when I was, when I, so before, when I, before I found Dave Bone, I was a skinhead and all that. Mm. I was a liberal skinhead. I've never been a National Front skinhead because if you, even if, if you've looked at National Front and looked behind their stupid racist message, they, they all believed in national service and the army and bowing and scraping to the king and queen and mm. the flag and all that rubbish. You know what I mean? It's, uh, I could never have liked them at any cost. Like they, 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 they were, in a way, establishment. Yeah. Old school, racist, but still establishment. You know what I mean? They was all, uh, they, there was either the thug ones or there was the old uh, military guy from the shires who supported them and give them money and all this business. You know what I mean? Same with UKIP. The UKIP's all posh. I mean, if, if I turned up, if I was younger, if I was 20 years younger and I turned up on Nigel Farage's doorstep and my Cockney accent, I would take the daughter out and take piss off. Do you know what I mean? He don't, he's got nothing in common with working class. He's just a fodder yeah. to him, like, you know. And I think people like Emily speak the same sort of language as me, but in a, from a younger generation, obviously. But it's just there's a theme mm. that runs through it. I mean, they'll never be, the uh, UKIP people, they'll never get control because the old people are dying out. As, as time not being offensive to old people, yeah. as years go on, there's going to be less and less old people 
we're going to become the old people. They're going to suddenly become turn into what they want us to be overnight, are we? No. So we say they, their time has been and gone. They're dinosaurs, mm. you know, dinosaurs. And a lot of people didn't really know what they was voting for in the, the referendum. Yeah, there's, so, there's that. Big I mean, it was the sensible ones who the sensible ones who voted out were the ones who wanted to avoid that TTIP yes. rubbish, yeah. nationalising yeah. national. I mean, I love the national officer; it saved my life. Mm. Professor Khan, who saved my life. I mean, I owe everything to him, and the, the, it was never mentioned enough. They kept going on about vote out because of this, that, and the other. Vote in because of this, that, and the yeah. other. TTIP to me was one of the most important things. It's the Americans wanted to come over and nick our national wealth. Mm. You know, so, so all the people who voted out weren't all thick ones. They voted for the because they wanted to do. Because one of my old heroes is Bob Crow. Yes. You know what I mean? And I love the way you know. You know, when all the posh papers that went on him because he lived in the big house. Yes. He earns all this money as a union leader. Why is he living in the council house? Oh, it's outrageous. Don't mind Queen living in Buckingham Palace. <laughs> she's, she's the biggest scandal of the lot. Yeah. Yeah, Bob Crow. They don't work for it. Yeah, yes. exactly. But they slaughtered Bob Crow because yeah. he because he was rich. Well, not rich because he earned decent yeah. wage and he lived in a. Well, they were scared of him. They, was, they, they, think, they thought it's disgusting him living in subsidised property, blah, blah, blah. Queen and all her mob living in subsidised properties, when are they going to start moaning about that? Yeah. Like, you know. But I mean, it's, it's wrong. I mean, it was definitely wrong to vote out, but you shouldn't blame it on the working class. No. It, it, it was a lot of people who genuinely didn't like TTIP. I mean, Bob Crow probably would have voted mm. out, but he wouldn't have voted out for the same reason as Nigel Farage voted out. Like, you know, this is a story behind the headline, you know. And uh, since we've been talking about, like you mentioned, being so strongly anti-establishment, how yes. does it feel now to have a book and perhaps be a part of that a little bit with the writing? I suppose, I mean, you're not strictly speaking, but no, you are sort of entering it a little bit, aren't you? No, I still don't consider no, myself no, no. part of the establishment. No, no. Never, never in a million years. I mean, David Bowie, our greatest living entertainer when he was alive, our greatest dead performer now, he'd be around for hundred years. Mm. But he was never establishment, was he? No. Everything he did that was anti-establishment. Johnny Rotten. Joe Strummer, they were there. Paul Weller, they're not anti-establishment. No, I just think it's great that people oh, are I, I, I said that a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but it was, oh, right. it's more to, I suppose, get round to the point of there, there isn't any reason, is there, that people should be put off with the idea of tr trying to get published. No, you God, know, there's no. No, there aren't no barriers, are there? No, the more the merrier. The more the merrier. I mean, I, I can't stand Shakespeare and all these people. But I love Charles Dickens. Yes, yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's not being uh, acting like a dinosaur I mean, or... Thick or anti-education, whatever. It's just what appeals you. For me, in my world, Shakespeare's for the posh mob. Might be wrong. Shakespeare's for the posh mob. Charles Dickens is for the likes of me. I think Dickens is brilliant. Yet they make more fuss of Shakespeare. Make more fuss of the Royal Ballet. To me, punk rock's more important than the Royal Ballet. They've got the Royal Opera House, mm. the Royal Ballet. Because it's got the Queen's patronage. It's all. Do you know what I mean? They're like Harrods, because he's got the Queen's patronage. Harrods. I'm happy with Liddles, thank you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Why? Because something's got a royal connection to it. Why is there not a, a royal punk rock? establishment in London, like the Covent Garden. I mean, we, we've done more in the last 50 years, punk rock, Bowie, whatever, has done more for the modern culture than the old ballet and all the opera singers have and all that, you know. And it's just, no, I'm, I'm right, not, yeah. there should be a new establishment, a new order. Yeah. That's what I reckon. <laughs> so how did the book come about? Come about? The, Pure luck. Uh, I, mean. I, so I said, we didn't have just have Facebook and all that, yeah. did we, back in the day? When I come out of hospital, I've got loads of get well messages and whatever, and I've got this message from Sulo Colson in Sweden. And at first, it was a wind up. Hello, Gary, blah, blah, blah. Big fan of all your writing. I never knew that he even liked me, let alone being a fan of me. And he's a proper rock star in Sweden and all that. Can I put music to your poetry? Will you write some new poems for me? And can I do some of your old ones, like National Service? 
they're their jobs. Checked him out towards a wind-up. He said yes. So that led to the uh, album with Cargo Records. That got publicised. And then I got in touch Then uh, Teddy from New Haven Publishing. Said, oh, I've seen you started writing again, blah, blah, blah. You've got a story to tell. Would you consider writing autobiography? Well, I didn't have to be asked twice, did I? So I thought, of course, of course, I'd love to. So I wrote Punk Rock Stories and Tabloid Tales. Because she liked that, because I was getting more mentioned about my old poetry from the other, she said, would you write a poetry book? Half of your old stuff and half new stuff. Mm. So that's what's out now. Okay. So it's the best of, plus a load of new and stuff. That, yeah, so well. that's out through New Haven. New Haven Publishing. Yeah, so, um, yes. yeah, just so I don't have to repeat this message Go constantly, ahead. but uh, just more for people listening. Right. I'll put a link to the books oh, right, and to the you. CD. So it'll be under, however you're listening to this, there'll be clickable links underneath. Oh, uh, brilliant. So people can just, people can find that easily enough and we don't have to, you know, spell out all the oh, right. and all okay. that. So it'll be yes. easier for people. Yeah, I know what I wanted to talk about next. Oi. Oh yes. And maybe you could explain well, maybe you just start with a brief description of what that term means and what it what it was and how oi it came to, about. Oi to me is uh, the, the the actual not not the the uh, cult at the moment, the word oi mm. <coughs> is something from the old musical days and uh, Ian Jury used to say oi oi and all that because that's where the word oi comes yes, from. Yeah. And I don't know how or why, but street punk, working class punk, got put under the umbrella of oi. Who came up with the word? I don't know. I, I prefer the word street punk, mm. but Oi, that's what Oi was basically, street punk. And uh, Oi had a bad name at the time because <coughs> like, people latched onto it and whatever. And anyone who was a sort of associated with street punk got associated with Oi. Yeah. And I got called Oi the punk at first rather than the Cockney rebel punk or the street punk yeah. or whatever like that. So Oi was just a big umbrella. And it was at a time of it, because it had a bad reputation, people who didn't like street punk had a gun to fire at you. They said, oh, you're right, boom, 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 we don't like you. Because I remember this uh, lady who got in touch with me about two or three weeks ago and said, oh, that's Joe Strummer, like, to all my stuff. She said, oh, she said, I was in the pub in the 80s, said, down Portobello Road. She said, no, I was in the pub and there was a tillard stockbroker okay. yeah. and another poet called Stephen Wells mm. slagging me off. So, oh, what that Cockney geezer, blah, 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 I don't like him. But say, she says, I stood your ground, said, I stood up for you and said, just because he's from the East End doesn't make him a bad person. All this and that's why my attitude against middle class posh people, because they, they was like posh people attacking me. And I was just writing from the heart, yeah. true stuff. She said, oh, I stood your corner, blah, blah, blah. And when she said Joe Strummer liked you, I'm much more happy that Joe Strummer liked me. But since then, I've met Attila, and he's a nice guy. But, I mean, his preconceptions, he probably thought East End, dodgy Cockney yeah. accent, blah, 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 he's a West Ham fan, must be dodgy, <laughs> do you know what I mean? So I'd never met the guy, and he was slagging me off, and I didn't know nothing about it. Same way I didn't know he was slagging me off back then until this lady told me. I didn't know Joe Strummer liked me until yeah. this lady told me. So that's all it was just basically, uh, at the start with, it was just a purely working class section of punk. And how did the albums come about? And how many, how many were you involved with? Oh, I think there was about seven albums. Yeah. I was just involved on the second one, I think, yeah. because I, I, my poetry, because I said earlier, I had a poetry book out called Boys of the Empire, got rave reviews in Time Out, The Guardian, NME, and also it got a write-up in Sounds. 
and they said, would you come and put your part? Sounds were, uh, I think Sounds co-produced or co-promoted the album or something. Would you do something? Because I'd blanked the job on Sounds, yeah. being a music critic. When they said, will you come and do some poems on the album? I mean, to me, I'd have been in a recording studio before. I'd, I'd have said, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. So I went down the old Kent Road, you know, the old yeah. wash house. Uh, yeah. It was turned into, it was ne ne just near the Henry Cooper pub. I think mm. Henry Cooper pub was there and the studio was next door. <coughs> So it was just went into the studio and just recorded it in and out in an afternoon sort yeah. of thing. And that's how it came about. So they, and that was, was, was it Gary Bushel? Gary Bushel, yeah, he yes. Started, he, he was, was he producing all of them, was he? Or I don't know whether he produced them, but he was his idea to put them all together. Idea. I don't think it was yeah. the producer. So was there poetry on all of them? No, no. no. Well, not I know. I, I, no. I still haven't heard the first one. No. I don't know. I, I the second one, I definitely heard the second one because I was on it. Yeah. And I think I was on the third one. Of the seven or eight, I was on the second and the third, I mm. think, yes. I think it was the first time National Service and Dead End Yobs. Yeah. I'm not sure whether Ballad of the Young Offenders was on there, I can't remember. But, yeah, that's, that's the first time I got put down on vinyl, yes. Yeah. And maybe we could have United. United, yes, yeah. yeah. Ballad of the Offenders, Ballad of the Offenders is one of my favourites. So. Yeah. I was written about all my time in Boston detention by, by, by all means, do that one as well. If you want, Gary, only read as many as you want. I know, so I, I'm a ballad, but I love Ballad. Do you want to do United? Yes, sir. There we go. I've got to find where it is now. Have you heard the reggae version of United? No. Have you heard the reggae version of Young Conservatives? No, no. Oh, they're classic. Yeah. A guy called Clyde Ward. Clyde Ward, I have to have a look. Clyde Ward, it's on, it's on iTunes, 99p. Okay. Yeah. He's put me doing a, a, a reggae version of Young Conservatives to a reggae beat, like <laughs> Crazy Johnson. And it's lovely. It's, oh, it's just brilliant. It's, what, the way he's done it is really good. He's done like a toast at the beginning of it mm. and everything. He's really done it good, he is. Cool. United, the voice of voice calling you with a message that is true. Punky Herbert, straight and skin, all of you, come on in. Always for skins and always for punk. Always in a city, urban funk. The voice of oi is unity. The beat of the street is you and me. United is the thing to be. United against society. Think how strong we can be. United against society. So stick together and see it through. Strength through always me and you. Let them twist our every word. But we're going to be heard. Because oi ain't about having a fight. It ain't about black v white. The voice of oi is unity. Know them and us, just you and me. Part of the people, not anarchy. Think how strong we can be. United against society. Cheers, Darren, nice one. Um, He's put that to music as well. Yeah, was it? yeah. It's brilliant because it flows better with the old skinhead yeah, yeah, scar yeah. music in yeah. the background. It's great. I suppose it matches perhaps the rhythm that you were writing in anyway. Yeah, first yeah. Time yeah, and it's yeah, what yeah. I always, I always saw my stuff to a scar. The, the guy who did the punk rock album with Sulu, Kevin Porry, He's going to do a whole album oh, nice. of yeah. ska music yeah. underneath me doing oh, it. Okay. It'd be like a, a John Cooper Clark yeah. meets Linton Crazy Johnson mm. with me doing it in a Cockney accent yes, above yeah, a yeah. ska beat. It'd be brilliant. <laughs> what I've always wanted, he's going to do it for me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we should probably talk a bit about the future as well. You got um, you, So you were talking before about um, there's a project coming up with Sandy West. Yeah, and yeah. So just remind well, me. She, she came here and interviewed me. Yeah got on really well and she got me to take her to London and meet various people who are involved in the punk scene or whatever. She feels she's like a punk rock documentary and uh, she's got me performing three or four of my poems on it. One in here, one outside a pub, one walking along, you know, performance sort of stuff, she's done that. And then she got a copy of my book, Punk Rock Stories and Tabloid Tales, and she's read it and she said, uh, I can turn this into a film. 
have I got your permission? In America, they call it a treatment, okay, which yeah. is like a synopsis for a screenplay. And I said, of course, of course you can, yes. And uh, so that's what she's working on at the moment for me. And she's on the BAFTA committee in uh, California, mm. and she's a speech dancer films. So she's got quite a good track record. So it will happen, yes. I think before I met Tim Wells... Tim, Tim knows her I, as well, I, yes. I wasn't aware of how much of a link there was to poetry. But I mean, once you, because I never, I suppose before I started doing these interviews, I never really connected lyric writing with poetry. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tim. I mean, of course, I mean, if you look at the two, two forms, right. they look similar, but in my mind, they were two separate things, and people who wrote lyrics weren't interested in poetry necessarily. But it does seem like a lot of the people now, because it's such a big thing, especially this year with a um, Jubilee of right, right, Punk or whatever they're calling yeah. it. Um, but it does seem like a lot of people are focus, focusing a lot on the poetry. Because because it won't only, didn't only get people into clothes designing and to turning out fanzines and whatever. Those who couldn't get into bands always wanted to write and say something. They had a poetry group. I mean, Tim was in a band really called the Anti-Social Workers. Oh, was he? Skin, he was a singer. Okay, skinhead yeah. scar band. Oh, I've seen pictures of him. Yeah, but yeah. I think he was the same as me. He didn't really have the voice yeah. for singing the same as I did. Yeah. But he had great words. Mm. And he's a great performer. So that's how he got into his performance. Yeah. Poetry. It's lucky for us his band didn't take off because yes, yeah, he's, yeah. he's lasted so much longer and he's a great poet. Like, you know, there was another band at the time called Redskins. I suppose that's what saved people's livers, wasn't it? A little yes, bit, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever hear a band called the Redskins? They had a great no. song called Lean On Me. Exmoor was the singer. Mm. I mean, they made one great single, disappeared. Now, if that guy had carried on as a poet, he'd probably still be around now. So Tim leaving, me leaving the Buzz Kids, Tim leaving the anti-social workers, worked out both of us, give us a longevity. Yeah. Like, you know. And at the time, were you involved with any zines? Was, were you being published in any zines? Because I know it was a big thing for, obviously a big thing for Tim and, I, and the Rantlers and that. Quite a few, yes. And I found out recently, as I said, through Facebook or whatever, that loads of people covered my poems and performed mm. them on stage. Without my knowledge, I didn't even know about them. I even got a, uh, an email this morning, dated today, that some band used to do my stage, they did a Rock Against Racism gig in 1988. They did Dead End Jobs. Mm. I knew nothing about it. So I said, and I, I've had, uh, there's peak bands in Italy, Germany. There's even an, an Indian skinhead band who recorded United okay. and Dead End Jobs. And they're on the YouTube. But I know nothing about any of this, no. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been recorded all over the place, and then there's some punk band put out an album, oh, about three months ago. Well, I don't know how they've done it, I'm not a technical wizard, but they've gone back to the old Oi albums where I'm saying my poems, half inched all the vocal performances, and put music to them. Okay. And uh, how they do that, I don't know. Yeah. Again, it wasn't with my knowledge, no contracts or something. So, so, so there's, there's stuff all over the internet of people who've done my either published my poems in magazines or fanzines or recorded them. They're on YouTube or whatever. There's a great version of United on YouTube. They've done, it's like a, a German sort of ska band. Okay. And they've put together a smart video and everything. It's a great, you ever look, look, look at that on yeah. uh, YouTube, it's great. We'll do. We're probably running out of time a little bit. I just don't want to run over too much. But did right. you want to finish with a reading? Yeah, which one? Choose whatever you want. You, you just say David. Anyone you want, yeah? No, do your favourite. All right. Yeah. I'll do Dead End Yobs. Yeah, do Dead End Yobs. Dead End Yobs. Dead End got football, boxing or rock and roll. If they're any good at, they save them from the dull. But even if you make it, certain people will say, you're still no good and you'll be no other way. Because you don't talk proper, your accent ain't true blue. 
You were born in an house in Acne with an outside loo. They could be gangsters, they could rob a bank. They could join the army, learn to drive a tank. No hope, no luck, no future when you're down and out. When you're at the bottom, nobody hears you shout. An authority keeps knocking you on the head from the day you're born to the day you're dead. School report read, you're no good, you're a dead end job. Might just make it in a dead end job. So you broke all the rules in and out of school, getting into trouble, nothing else to do. And when they nick us, don't they bleed and love it? Sod the system, got to rise above it. Dead end jobs, bash street kids like me and you. We all know this story's true. We're at war with the chosen few, the middle class and the boys in blue. We need money, we need jobs. Give us a chance, say the dead end jobs. Nice one, Gary. Yeah. Um, yeah, so if anyone wants to check out your work, they should get all uh, the Cockney Bard. What was the other book called? They've got Punk Rock Stories and Tabloid Tales, yeah. or The Cockney Bard from Bow Bells to Bitter Street. <laughs> there they go. And they're both from New Haven Publishing, and there's the CD with Sulu. So that's on Cargo Records, that's it. They're, they're all on YouTube, all the tracks yeah. on YouTube. And your yeah. blog is... The Punk Poet. The Punk Poet. Punk Poet, yes. There'll be links to that as well, and yes. you're on Twitter, and I'll put a link to that yes, as well. Yes, thank you, yes. Um, yeah, get along to the Roundhouse on the 9th. I'll put a link to that as well, it's through speaking volumes and through uh, Mr Tim Wells who's getting mentioned too much top man legend always wears a nice Crombie he's yeah, he always wears a nice Crombie he's always well turned out yes. right, cheers Gary thank, thank you, you Dave much. nice one um, mate see you all up later